You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that have to do with our faith in Jesus and the way that it plays out in our everyday lives. This episode's topic is family worship. This is important for you, whether you are married with children or you live alone or anywhere in between. But the idea is how do we as Christians walk with Jesus with our families? What does it look like to worship together? It looks different for every family based on uh, different factors, how many kids you have, how old they are, all kinds of things come into play here. But the most important thing is that as Christians, we have a responsibility to uh, disciple our families. And so how do we do that? What are some ways, what are some ideas, some resources it's important to talk about? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, part of the leadership team here at CCC. I've got with me the rest of our leadership team, Zach Wyrock, Joe Coffey, and Stacey DiNardo. And our topic today is family worship. So this is something uh, we talk about frequently, and we've mentioned it a couple of times with our series, One Story, One Hero, and the Jesus Storybook Bible Challenge. Uh, it's something that can be really meaningful uh, for a family to worship together, and but it also can be intimidating or unclear how to do it. What What is family worship? How does it work? Why is it worth it to pursue for a family to worship together, and how would that actually play out within the rhythms of family? That's where we're headed today. Zach, you're one of the best uh, that I know in terms of talking about this, and I think your family does it really well. So maybe uh, starting with you, could you just maybe talk us talk to us about what your rhythm of family worship is like and how it plays out in your home? Well, first, uh, Zach, define it. Yeah, so family, but when I say family worship, what I mean is uh, a designated time or space uh, on whatever rhythm, a day, a week, you know, whatever, time you've set aside as a family to talk about spiritual things, to lean into God's Word, to let it form you. And again, I, I hesitate to say it's where you teach theology or study the Bible, or because I think it can take a lot of different forms and probably should over the course of a family's life uh, and depending on what's going on. But really what it is is designated space. So if you think about a quiet time, for example, which is a ubiquitous idea in evangelicalism to say, I need to spend a little bit of time with God every day, then family worship would in some way be a quiet time for the family um, in, in accomplishing, seeking to accomplish some of the same things. Uh, I think I would say about my family two two things. I mean, one is that um, the most important thing about family worship, I guess maybe two most important things. One is that it's born out of a gospel culture. So if you just try to sit down with your kids 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, whatever, read a Bible story, pray a prayer, uh, that is not going to accomplish all the things you might try to put onto that. Um, the, the example I would give is if you want to get healthy and you say, I'm going to get on the treadmill 15 minutes a day, that's certainly better than not getting on the treadmill 15 minutes a day. But unless you're going to also change the way you eat, maybe change the way you sleep, you know, unless you're really going to sell out to this idea of health, then what a lot, what's going to end up happening is you're going to get on the treadmill 15 minutes every day. It, it's not going to feel great. And you're going to not see any results and you're going to go, this isn't working. So in the same way that exercise is best understood in the context of a lifestyle commitment to getting healthy, family worship is really a part of a gospel culture. It's connected to speaking about the Lord regularly, to letting God's Word uh, orient your family rhythm, to uh, the way you discipline or the way you uh, teach your kids various things. So the, the most important thing is to see it as a comprehensive 
plan of which family worship is a part. But then the second one is just doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that because I I think we my family has we've done devotionals, we've done uh, story bibles, we've done catechism questions, we have done a lot of things. Some of that's because my oldest is thirteen. We've been parents for a while, so we just now, had an occasion. When, when did you start, and how did you start, and stuff? Because uh, you know when. It's got to change over time now. You have five, five kids, and so Spinning. they range in a lot of yeah, thirteen age. to two. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, what uh, what what do you do age appropriate? When do you start it? Uh, how long does it last? Yeah. So it's like I said, it's taken a lot of forms. Some of that's because we've tried a lot of different things, and then some of that's because our kids have been different ages and different uh, stages. So uh, I like the I like you. Um, comparing it to a quiet time because I use a lot of different things in my quiet right. time over the years yeah. right because right. right. there are different things it's a varying stale, level of success right, right. Yeah. and there's some stuff that you end up going this is the time when I need this in particular so yeah. okay yeah so go ahead. yeah so I I think also as my kids have gotten older so now I have a 13 year old an 11 year old a nine year old a four year old and a two year old right so the younger kids I just think of it as throwing a lot of gospel at them and not knowing what's gonna stick. So like Graham, my four-year-old, we read the Jesus Storybook Bible with him every night before bed. That's his family worship. Uh, We're probably on like our ninth go-around. Yeah. Right? (laughs) So some nights, uh, he doesn't listen at all. He's climbing on my back. He's bouncing off the walls. He's whatever. But I I score that in the aggregate. Right? Now, when you said... I'm sorry. Keep jumping in. No, it's fine. It's good. He's got questions. All right. With Graham, you, uh, you said that was... That's his family worship. So... Uh, when you know some people think about a family worship, they'll think of like, like a, the whole family sitting. Yeah, down. like yeah. everyone together. Yeah. Do you sing a song? Do you? I mean, what? Yeah. What are the components? Of we worship? have done that, uh, and we have done that. I I think for us the problem right now is our age spread is so big. Right. 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 So if and then pretty I get soon a, you got kids who are not going to be there at different times. Yeah. It's going to be. So if I get a thirteen-year-old, eleven-year-old, and a nine-year-old on the one side of the living room, and then a four-year-old and a two-year-old on the other side of the living room, it's like somebody wins and somebody right, loses. Right. If I aim at the younger kids, I bore the older kids. Yeah. If I aim at the older kids, I confuse the younger kids. So I would say family worship for Graham means mommy or daddy reading a story from the Bible and talking about it with him. Yeah. Then yeah. praying and we go to bed. Right. Uh, same thing with Ella. You know, it's the same kind of sit on my lap. Let's read a story. I want you to become familiar with who Jesus is, what the Bible is about, what it means to follow Jesus, those kinds of things. Now, my older kids are doing a quiet time in the morning, the same passage of Scripture, and then we're using a book that night to talk about the passage we read, and I have three questions they answer. They answer, they read the passage, they say they have to identify something in the passage that they don't understand, okay? something in the passage that they found interesting, and something they think the Lord wants to do in their lives as a result of what they've read. We talk about those answers, we read the little segment of the book, we pray, and we call it a day. Theirs is more about each day, are you retaining anything? So for Graham, I'm not worried about it at all. I'm just trying to overwhelm him with gospel in the hopes that some of it sticks. For them, we're moving much slower and much more deliberately for the older kids. Yeah, if you're listening, I hope you uh, you got that because uh, one of the things, that, one of the questions that uh, Zach is asking his kids as they get older is, "Tell me something that you don't understand about every passage, which teaches them that okay uh, they don't have to understand, understand everything. everything. Yeah. That they can have questions, and that there uh, there are probably answers to those questions, or there may be questions that they ask if they're like my kids were at that age. Uh, that 
there aren't good answers yeah. for, that you can't yeah. think of a good answer for. Well, so this morning, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. This morning, they're reading Matthew chapter 5, and Jesus is talking about divorce. Mm-hmm. And they have all kinds of questions. I mean, they have friends whose parents are divorced. They have So they're asking, what does this mean? And I'm just saying, write it down. Write your question down. We'll talk about it tonight. That's and great. Amy was saying you know, ah, what should we skip this? And I was saying, no, it's actually good for them to see that God talks about these things. And obviously there's a limit in how detailed your response is going to be to them, right? But I, I want them to see the this worldliness of the Bible, that the Bible is concerned with the things that they're dealing with in their their every everyday life, right? I was just going to say, family worship can feel, it can maybe feel overwhelming or intimidating to even jump in, but from my experience, we didn't call it family worship. I kind of wish we had, but um, as my kids have gotten older, it's definitely changed forms, starting with, again, set aside time where we were going through the Jesus Storybook Bible as well when they're little, but also taking time to worship together. Um, it just do something. I think recognizing and knowing that taking time together as a family, we were created to worship, we were created to make much of God and to understand the gospel truths, and the more you can talk about those things with your kids from the time they're really young, inviting questions, yeah. giving space for that on a regular basis will only just create, you know, I have two teenagers now that... Um, for the most part, are really comfortable asking questions and recognizing that with there's a lot of hard things that our culture says about uh, that are contradictory to the Bible. And so being open to ask those questions and then to enter into that space is just so important. Yeah, I mean, to me, I think about when Moses tells Israel in Deuteronomy 6, and he says, you know, take these things that, that you know, the Lord is teaching you, and and he says, you know, yeah. put them on your doorpost, put them on your door, when right? Walking, put them on your eyelids, right? put them on... And, you know, he's being uh, facetious, but what he's saying is, like, make sure that in the culture of your home, these things are everywhere. And I think, uh, you know, Sophie had a my, – my daughter Sophie's nine had a conversation with a friend the other day, and and uh, the friend had mentioned, well, you know, we, we believe in Jesus too. And Sophie was like, oh, really? And she goes, yeah, we just don't contact him as much as your family. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, Sophie came home and we're laughing about that and we're talking about it. And what she's really saying, what her friend is really saying is it seems like you guys are taking this Jesus thing seriously. And to me, that's what family worship is designed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to increase your kids' understanding, you want to form their theology, all those things are nice, but what you're really saying is, mm-hmm. for our family, our faith is deeply meaningful and yeah. deeply shaping. That's the goal. Yeah, yeah I think it, there are a few important things. I, I wish we had called it family worship, and we, we did more of trying to weave it into everything, but um, I had a little bit of an adverse um, kind of uh, reaction to we called them family devotions when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And I always felt like my mom tried to do too much. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she picked the wrong time, uh, which she picked like Saturday morning, where all my friends were already out, yeah. you know, playing. And I was just yeah. uh, and so you got to you got to be smart about it. Yeah. Don't make, don't make your kids uh, sacrifice. Make them look forward to it. Uh, I think don't. Uh, I, I like that you try to make it age appropriate. Um, yeah. For for our family, we we really tried to make it into a culture where uh, we were uh, talking about our faith all the time. Yep. Like in the That's midst so of a television show or after a movie, I would sit with my kids and say, they always felt like I ruined the movie for them, but I'd be going, okay, <laughs> what is that? What do you think that's teaching you? What is it? How does it match you up? You know, the solution to that you know? is just watch Christian movies. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Then I would have the same question. <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I think uh, two two practical pieces of advice, and and again, I, maybe we, maybe I should have said this at the very beginning. One of the reasons we're doing this podcast is because right now we're in the midst of yeah. the Jesus Storybook Bible Challenge. Yeah. Oh, that's what, the other thing is. I want to at the end. I want you guys to talk about some of the tools that are available yeah. now yeah. because there's yeah. some great tools. But I think so. What we're great. hoping is some families are trying this, right? Mm-hmm. And and you know, give you some advice on how to keep it going. I, I think two pieces of advice I would give that I've learned the hard way. I mean, one is don't try to do too much. Yeah. Right, because it's too discouraging. And and again, grade yourself. You know, I, I once heard someone say that that uh, parenting is like evangelism and discipleship on an eighteen-year timetable. <laughs> right, and that's how you have to think about it. Because if you make any one night the sum, like total of whether or not you're winning, it'll be, it's too discouraging. Right. I mean, I have had a lot of nights where I'm looking at Amy and like I'm banging my head against the wall. What's the point, right? So you just have to say it's not about tonight. I mean, tonight let's do something, but it's about 18 years of tonight's, right? Yeah. And what gets accomplished. But but this, the other thing I'd say is um, just practical things. One is uh, we, we connect it to reward. So I'll give you an example of how we do this. Um, in the morning, the kids do their their own quiet time and they journal, and in the evening we talk about it. If they mail it in, if they skim the reading or don't apply themselves, and they'll own that because it becomes apparent, uh, they do not get electronics that day. So that night, they're not watching TV, they're not playing video games, they're not, because we're saying, hey, look, this is what's of first importance, right? And so in the summer, we're in the summer right now, they don't get to do that stuff till nighttime anyways. And and so they understand, like, this is meaningful. And if you if you blow this, if you, you mail it in, there are going to be consequences. Now, that's not a threat, but we're just saying... Look, we're not gonna we're not gonna take this one thing and put it above this other thing. So my encouragement would be that you know try to reinforce to your kids that this matters. This matters. The other thing is, I'm willing to inconvenience myself. Yeah. So on school nights, it's very hard to do much in the evening. There's just a lot going on. So uh, my son Deacon, who's 13, uh, especially for him, there's a lot going on. So he. In the morning, he had to get up really early for the bus, and I actually started getting up earlier than I used to so that I could sit with him while he was eating breakfast, and we could talk about the Lord and discuss the Bible before he went to the day. So that was my way of saying, hey, to make this happen, I'm going to change my schedule. I'm going to change my rhythm rather than you know maybe forcing it into right. a week for you, Deacon, where it's too hard. So. I think another thing to point out, and I use these resources when my kids were younger, is that our kids' ministry... They send home resources. They make available through the current curriculum we use, um, and I know they will continue to whatever we're using just to have different things and activities and tie-ins to what they're learning that week. So as a super simple step, there's just a way that you can take that and just be intentional with those questions that they send home with extra verses that are a part of I think um, the passage too. That's actually one of the most uh, – one of my favorite things about the current series we're in has been – uh, you know, having conversations with my daughter, like, hey, what did you learn about in your class today? Yeah. And she'll say, oh, Adam and Eve. And I'll say, no way, us too. And then yeah. we'll right. be able to talk about... And that is something I think we'd like to explore down the road is more and more alignment in yep. that way, because it really does. It provides the family a great opportunity to mm-hmm. discuss uh, what they what they talked about. And I would yeah. say, you know, Zach, some of the stuff you've said has been, it's helpful for me to hear, because I think I'm in that you know, for us, so we're young. in that stage. Yeah. You have a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and 19-month-old twins. And so uh, family, anything, is a circus right now at our house. And so, uh, you know, we read the Jesus Storybook Bible. We we do things as best we can with the older girls. The twins are, you know, yeah. they get 
who knows what's happening with them. Anything could be going on there right now. But uh, I think like thinking about things in the aggregate and understanding that there are going to be nights where uh, my daughter says she doesn't want to pray. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to, I can't for, force you. Um, but there are going to be nights where it's really meaningful and we're looking for playing and those the sneak game. up on you. Yeah. You, yeah, you can't exactly. know. So you just know if you don't do it, that doesn't happen. Right. Right. But you, you don't know when, when it's going to happen. And I think, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. Key. You never know yeah. what is the significant moment if you don't show up. But right? the thing I would say is, and this is what parents sometimes, um, because one of my things I'm very passionate about when I talk to other parents is connecting the gospel to discipline. Um, because I just think we really miss an opportunity uh, when we do that. But one of the things I say there that applies here is you're not just training them, you're training yourself, mm-hmm. right? So you read a story to the twins, Jimmy, and you're like, I don't know what they're getting. Yeah, but what you're getting is that you're making time and space to read God's Word to your children, that you're forming yourself. You're not just oh, forming yeah. them. So that when they are old enough to understand, you've got a habit and a rhythm for yourself that you've defined. So it's not always about, but but here's the other thing, trust the promises of God. Galatians 6 says, you know, uh, don't be deceived. Uh, what you sow, you will reap, right? God is not mocked. You, you reap what you sow. So this is why I really believe that if I continue to invest the gospel in my children in meaningful, simple, everyday ways, that we are going to see a gospel harvest in our family. And um, you know, so I leave the house today, and and the, my three oldest kids are gathered around the table. I've got their Bibles open; they're all journaling, and it's like, man, that's great. That's awesome. Tomorrow, yeah. they might be kicking each other and hitting each other and laying their heads on the table and saying, "This is the worst thing ever." And you, you know, so, but you gotta, you, you, you again, you gotta play. Or maybe the, today after you gotta, you. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, Dad's gone. Oh, this, Let's you know. Go. Um, but you gotta play the long game. Yeah, I just last summer took things a little step a step further with my two daughters and we made a habit of every week on one of the evenings going to like Hudson Springs Park and we had a bible an actual like bible study that we were going through together on and the disc golf course it was like no, a, a whole number one you read verse 1 but my, then... basically my takeaway i think i even came in and and i shared with my husband and i was like man i can't believe i waited this long to do this. And again, not that we weren't doing other things, but even taking that step and that time with them um, and even going a little bit deeper and doing something that was a little more time intensive than we had before. Well, so much of this comes down to it is primarily your responsibility as a parent to to disciple your children. You know, we as a church, of course, exist to help you and resource you and to disciple you in order that but, you know, and so it just begins by taking ownership of the way any change begins. You know, again, you want to get healthy, you take ownership of your lifestyles. You want to get your financial house in order, you take ownership of your spending, right? So this is an area where you take ownership. But here's the other thing. You might be saying, well, you guys are all on the leadership team of a church, so you know more than me and you know. But listen, your kids aren't expecting you to be nope. a Bible scholar. What you are saying to them is this matters, right? right? This matters. And even when they ask a question, you go, that's a great question. I don't know the answer to that you are showing them that faith is not synonymous with having all the answers, right? You are, you're forming them in ways you're not even aware you're forming them. And so it isn't about, you know, having, feeling as though you can pass a theology test. It is about showing your kids this matters to me. I think even showing your kids, I'm available to have these kinds of conversations with you. Because I think, you know, it makes me think about uh, my oldest daughter has a habit of doing all of her deep thinking between the hours of Midnight and 3 a.m. Of course. So, uh, you know, I can remember a couple of weeks ago, I heard the characteristic thump and then multiple thumps of her getting out of her bed and running down the hallway at 2.30 in the morning. And she was concerned because she had lied to her teacher at school 
and she wanted she felt guilty and she wanted to know uh, if God was going to be mad at her about it. And you know, I'm like angrily trying to say, yeah. 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 No, God is, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, but then like to hear my wife, you know, kind of walk her through. Well, you know, because of Jesus, you're forgiven. Now you need to make things right with your teacher and be able to walk. Th- and it was just a one of those things where you know I know that because of my wife's work of interacting with my daughters yes. on spiritual things, my daughter knows that conversation yes. is open to me. And that, that's a great way of saying it, because I think to connect all these things, what I would say is sometimes what you're doing in family worship is you're giving your kids the concepts and the vocabulary yeah. that you will need in those pivotal moments to parent them well, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So, so when your daughter goes to your wife and says, I've lied to my teacher. Well, my Your wife is drawing from concepts that you've already taught your daughter, right? right? So she's saying things like, do you remember that Jesus came and, and lived for us? And do you remember that he went to the cross for our sin? And that this is one of... You, you're using vocabulary and concepts that that in the moment you don't have time to teach. You got to draw from, right? Right. So family worship is developing that vocabulary, that reservoir of experience that that you can then draw for, for from your kids so that when those big moments do come up, their hearts and minds are ready and you are ready. And and that's where everybody loves the big moment, but yeah. you prepare for those big moments in the everyday sometimes banging your head against the wall parts of family worship. And there are times where uh, I know for me, well, it's good to to remember it's a long it's a long process. Yeah. Uh, there are times when I thought it was a big moment. I remember uh, my daughter Becca asking me one time about how Jesus. She said, that, "You know, Daddy's was Jesus God too." And I sat her on my lap, and I, I mean, my gift is communication. So I looked at her, <laughs> and I began to. I mean, I explained at I got her three level. Yeah. Hypostatic yeah. union. Huh? Yeah, I explained at her level. She, her eyes locked in on mine. I finished my explanation. I just thought I killed that. And her next statement was, <laughs> "I have new shoes." Yeah. That was it. Yeah, I was going. She's like, I've okay. moved on. Okay, Beck. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> but the whole thing is, it's uh, now she's thirty. It was a process of of making those moments, talking to them, making sure you have an environment where they can ask questions. I remember with uh, my kids, with each one of my kids, I took them out when they were teenagers with a, with a yellow pad and said, "Ask any question you want to ask about the faith that you've heard that you, if you that you have trouble believing, whatever it is, let's talk about it." We started talking about it because I wanted them to to ask me and feel free to ask me. And that came from a, uh, years of having this open kind of relationship of uh, having our faith be a part of each and every day. Yeah. yeah, and I think there are ways you can baby step this, right? So even if you said, okay, my family's not doing anything right now, how do we go from where we are now to where we want to be? I'd just say, hey, start every night, pray together as a family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every night before dinner, after dinner, and I mean not not a thank you for the food, thank you for the day, amen. I mean like, hey, we're gonna take five minutes. Yep. Everybody share things you want us to be praying for, right? And we're gonna pray as a family. Then after you do that for a while, and that becomes part of the rhythm, then you can say, hey, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna read a story from the Bible, or we're gonna read a chapter of the Bible, or we're gonna take this resource and and talk about the question it asks, or you know, again, it, it's I always 
I always say this to people, you have to go from nothing to something Mm -hmm. before you can go from something to something great. And what happens a lot of times is we try to look at going from nothing to something great and it paralyzes us. We think, well, we'll never get there. We'll just start doing something, right? And I think calling it family worship is really great because you're saying, hey, as a family, we have set aside time in our day to worship together, right? And it separates from them that worship is not something we do right. on a Sunday morning from you know 10 to 10.30 to 11.30 or 10 o'clock to 11 or 9 to 10 or whatever, but it's it's a posture we take before God. Yeah. Uh, I do think it's good for us to talk about resources before we, we close, so I'll give some and then you guys can chime in. So obviously the Jesus Storybook Bible yeah. we recommend where... We're giving it out um, uh, as a church. Sally Lloyd-Jones also has Thoughts to Make Your Heart Sing, which is a great devotional that, uh, yeah, again, she's a great writer about these things, so Mm -hmm. about the gospel. Another resource I really recommend is the New City Catechism. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, 52 questions uh, about the faith, forming the faith. And one of the things I love about it is, first of all, it's 52 questions, so you might put together that's one question a week to get you through the year, which is about the pace you want to do it in. But one of the things I love about that catechism, uh, and again, it's just catechism just really means forming someone uh, in the faith. One of the things I love about it is uh, they have a kid's version. So they have the actual, like, big adult answer, you know, who is God? And there's like a paragraph. And then down at the bottom, there's the kid's answer, and it's like a sentence and a half. So if you have a family like mine where it's spread out, you can say to your 13-year-old, hey, I want you to learn, be learning the adult answer. We'll talk about that. And then you can say to your four-year-old, hey, you, you, we're going to learn this one. This is this is for you. And I have found that to be a really, really, really helpful resource. So I don't know if there are other resources you guys would. Uh, um, yeah, you took my two. I mean, I would have said New City Catechism has been really good. Yeah. You had that other one that you mentioned when we were just talking about it that you're doing now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is that called? It's called, uh, well, you guys think of something. I was going to say, there's a lot of apps out there. Of like, yeah. we've done scripture memorization apps. One of them is called Fighterverse. I was just looking it up. And again, just to take like a verse in a week and to work to memorize it together. Um, but there are so many tools as you look at different apps out there for kids mm-hmm. um, that are good forming. Yeah, the one I'm using right now, and it's not for family worship, like we've just decided to use it that way. It's called the Visual Word Illustrated Outlines of the New Testament Books, and and it's by Patrick Schreiner, who's a seminary professor. And it's a great, just simple way of reading uh, the New Testament. So my kids will read a section that morning, and then Patrick Schreiner has a blurb about that section and how it fits in the overall story of the New Testament. And so my kids will read and journal in the morning, and then we gather in the evening. We'll actually read what he wrote as a as a cap on it. And it's kind of cool because you can see them say, "Oh, I thought of that," or you know, or "Oh, man, I totally missed that part." And again, that is not a quote unquote family worship resource as much as it's a book that I had that I thought, "Boy, this is really great. This would be really helpful because it's simple, it's manageable, it's understandable uh, for the kids." I was just going to mention one other one. Again, I have teenagers, so it's it's a different stage of life. But um, they've we use even She Reads Truth is another app that again does give daily readings. This summer, ironically, I never shared this, but it happens to be going through every book of the Bible and pointing, having scripture reading that is pointing to how Jesus is the hero of the whole Bible. So I've found it to be it's a great one that kind of parallels even what we're doing with one story, one hero. One of the and one of the things that that we use is uh, we have a hymnal that's on the shelf of my daughter's bookshelf. So you know, I grew up 
Baptist, so oh, yeah. hymns are a big part of my growing up. But those are also great songs to sing, very yeah. theologically rich. And, uh, you know, my, my girls will request songs that, you know, are hundreds of years old just because we've sung them. That's and, great. Yeah. So that's something that, that we yeah. do too. The point is it can take a lot of different forms and a lot of different expressions. But mm-hmm. again, if you're not doing anything right now, just start doing something, right? right? Yep. And if you're doing something, just challenge yourself to say, how can what we do get better, richer, deeper? You will never, when, when your kids grow up and leave the house, you won't regret a minute you spend in family worship. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.